When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's actually my it's my final ever uh, balance episode. I look, I you know what I single handedly launched the podcast. Uh, a good couple of years ago, Ricky Gervais was the first one. Uh, we've had some absolute banging episodes down the years. Uh, the likes of Regina King would be a, a huge personal favourite. Ditto Patricia Arquette. Henry Cavill was a heck of a coup. <coughs> That's not a satirical cough. Um, it's been a, it's been an absolute blast. So many great guests. Uh, it's very very rare that we have a repeat guest on, uh, but for this. Gentlemen, uh, we would absolutely make an exception. So it's very fitting that the the final of a guest uh, is a returning hero, the great Freddie Fox, someone who I love a great deal. That will come across in the chat. We gossiped that much up top that if it sounds like there's been quite a severe editing job, it's because there was. <laughs> Try my best. <laughs> So if you think, a mm, bit of a choppy start, this, that's why. Um, Freddie's wonderful. His career goes from strength to strength. I wish I could say that the reason his career went from strength to strength was his first appearance on the Balance podcast. The thing is, it did sort of coincide with that, but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't because of the podcast. Uh, it's because he was uh, promoting white house farm which proved uh, in my opinion uh, quite the launch pad for freddie that was out in 2020 Man, time just flies doesn't it um now here i guess ostensibly we are promoting the pursuit of love which is available to watch on iplayer and freddie is obviously amazing uh, but i mean since we chatted white uh, white house down he has done uh, if it sounds like I'm reading this straight off IMDb, it's because I am. Uh, McDonald and Dodds, The Great, The Crown, is Mark Thatcher in The Crown, Dennis and Nasha Unleashed, uh, The Pursuit of Love, uh, and then is, there's a, there are a few things in post and pre-production, and he also almost shares that he's in a very, very major thing but yeah i'm thank- i'm grateful that he doesn't say what it is because neither of us would have slept through through worry uh but freddie fox is an absolute ubermensch he's so likable he's so charming he's so charismatic 
Uh, and it's the likes of Freddie that I will miss a great deal uh, with the Balance Podcast. Thanks to everyone who's helped since we launched. Uh, I'll save that for the end, maybe, before I turn it into This Is Your Life. Freddie is wonderful. Uh, if you've not seen uh, The Pursuit of Love, uh, definitely do check it out. And Freddie, as always, just has that ability to, you know, the, the camera loves Freddie. I think we all love Freddie. I think he's wonderful. Uh, anyway, here he is. Uh, and also, thanks, as always, to the team uh, who made Freddie happen. They've been amazing down the years. So thanks to you guys as well. Here he is, the great Freddie Fox. Yes, mate. How are you? Oh, there he is. Great to see you. Great to see you. How are you doing? Mate, you look a trillion dollars. I'm what? You look a trillion dollars. Oh, give me a break. I feel like about two and a half, but thank you very <laughs> much. Two and a half. <laughs> uh, mate, thanks so much. Lovely to see you again. And nice uh, to have you back on. You know what? I'm out to edit this out. This will probably be the last episode. Oh, my God. I'm honoured. What do you mean, ever? Well, my last episode. Oh, my God, mate. What An end of an era. I, I mean, why? End of an era. <laughs> <laughs> what a dab joke that was that was fucking good i have to say <laughs> give you credit that was very good um where what why why i do a lot of um i do a lot of comedy i do a lot of tv warm-up i do a lot of comedy yeah and it's just it's just hours in the day so i'll be honest with you on this podcast we nearly every episode we, me and the guests will talk about gut and listening to your gut and all this so it's time to uh very good yeah it was, it was time to listen to the advice that everyone else had been giving me i suppose in terms of listening to my gut you know uh, yeah. yeah you do and i think particularly now i mean it's a moment where your uh what you need and what you want have become become very crystalline and very clear in the wake of you know going oh this enormous shake-up i'd say we can edit our uh juicy gossip out and because uh, that's a lovely way to start but the, that was that was the big takeaway wasn't it Re- you know that was um if you can get a positive out of it it was that realization wasn't it i think so uh, the, the, the 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 juxtaposition between what you want and what you need and i i personally Felt I think I sort of slightly feel myself falling back into old habits now, over committing myself to too many things that you then end up only end up doing about half as well as you should. Uh, some of them being quite important things as well. Uh, <laughs> and you go, oh no, just for an eagerness to kind of take things in again. But actually, it, it, it did the, the the year off makes what well, off, but the year of re- of contemplation makes you go ah. No, I can jettison that whole part of my life that I was giving too much blood to, and I don't need to now. Were you were you filming much on lockdown? So I uh, I worked on a show, and someone was telling me I'll have to edit this bit out. I, did, I see what I did. You know, they're not. They're you know they're two meters apart and all that. Had you had you done much of that then? Where you're you know the socially distant filming and all that? 
Do you know what? I have, even when we filmed The Pursuit of Love, which we did between lockdown one and two, there was none of that because we were tested up the wazoo. We didn't, the cast could stay in their own cohort. So we could dance, you know, cheek to cheek and snog and, you know, do whatever we needed to on screen without having to, you know, use any long, long lens trickery. But what I know, so many emails, I feel like I've said that, usually apologizing for my, the lack of work I've done on a show. I'm just saying too much. I've, I've just I've taken on too much. And I end up finishing a day's work thinking, I need to apologise to every producer on the show for not doing well enough. But I mean, I mean, see, you know, since since you and I last spoke, and I'm not just saying this, I said to to Sarah P, I was like, you know, this, what a joy that was, you know, such a, I'm going to blow some smoke. What what yeah. a, a remarkable dude. Honestly, I feel like that's such a cheesy thing to say. I feel like we've been pals for about ten years. Yeah, you know, I did as well. That's what I said to Sarah. But since. But since then, hang on, hang on a minute, I'm sort of insinuating that the podcast was the reason. It obviously, I'm not saying that. Since then, you're st- I mean, you've just, you, you've absolutely, it, 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 you've gone thermonuclear, as uh, a Canadian <laughs> friend of mine would say. But I mean, no, that, that show, um, that was, that, and I'm putting words in your mouth here, it felt like that, that was a, a launch pad because since then, everything you touched, uh, you know, everything you touched turned to gold. Have you felt that? And all right, I know there's been a small matter of a global pandemic, but um, you, you know the, you, you've got even hotter, haven't you? It feels like. Well, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing, perception, because of course, I mean, we we were talking about that show, and 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 I was so um, proud of the work that you know Paul, the director, and everyone, and yeah. you know, and all the cast put into making it what it was, and I think it came out incredibly well, and it did get this a wonderful reception. A lot of people watched it, and and I and it got an even thought it even got a second life because Netflix then picked That's it right. up and had another another thing, and I suppose after that. I, th- I think maybe because of my parents telling me for so many years, don't don't get overexcited when something seems to go well, too overexcited, just play it cool because it will never be as rock and roll as you <laughs> hope it will. Yeah. And I think it's great advice because otherwise you start looking towards these false dawns and, and you go, oh, well, you know, all these op- opportunities will come. And they don't really. You still have to go back out there with your with your stick on your little whatever, you know, the, your little picnic <laughs> on my back. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and go out and get another job. And and so I think whilst I have absolutely felt that, you know, the show that I'm on now and, and The Crown, because I work with Paul Whittington again on The Crown and working on on white, uh, on white um, Pursuit of Love, everyone had seen the show. I, I do feel that, that uh, I'd um, perhaps made more of a on people's radar than before, but it didn't necessarily make any uh, material difference to my working process. I still had to go out. I still have to go and get the jobs. And there are always people that are more famous and better than me uh, who who will be chosen first and have to turn it down before they come to someone like me. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's always the same. Uh, and uh, But I love the perception. I'm very grateful for the smoke. You can keep blowing as much as I will, I will. <laughs> the, the, the perception thing is interesting, isn't it? Because in the eyes of, you know, me, me the, the, the public, the, the perception of reality is so stark. I've read, um, read Terence Stamp's most recent autobiography, and yeah. I, I'd like assumed that, obviously, you know, he's, he's, he, was, he was like the king of Carnaby Street in the 60s, and then he's General Zod. But in this book, he talks about this remarkable uh, lean patch that went on for years before uh, Superman. 
but we we wouldn't realize that but that but that's very common isn't it that the the actor is actually having to live through the reality of going to the audition not getting that that not that thing not working out we don't see that we only see the things that come out and assume that everything's going uh, remarkably well yeah i mean if you think that the pursuit of love i was on the pursuit of love for a, probably a grand total of 10 days filming or 12 at the most and that is out of 365 days of the year and then you've got I've got maybe I mean on the show I'm doing now I've probably got 40 days on another show I've probably got about six you know and then that's a whole year but you've still got you know 200 days or more to where you're not working and so you're going you're writing and you're planning for direct things and you're you know you're scheming and plotting and 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 looking at the bank balance and going oh I hope that's going to last me till then and all that it doesn't ever change or at least in my experience it hasn't changed but I I do I still it doesn't stop it being very special when people like your good self or friends send you a message after a show that you've worked hard on has come out and say you did a good job and and that still feels that still feels as good as it ever did, you know, and that's really the only reward you get that and a paycheck. <laughs> the, the, actual, the actual financial reward. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd said to you last time that you've got, you have this, you have this, I think uh, charisma, charisma is, uh, is, is, is a much rare commodity than perhaps we all realize. There's very few people who have this true charisma, but you, you know, you, you, you pop on the screen now, pursuit of love. Everyone, you know, everyone is saying the same thing. If there's one, I, I, this isn't to the detriment of anyone else, but if there's one person that's popping in this show. That that must be a lovely thing to hear when people say that you you, you pop. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I mean, going back to those emails that I feel like I should send to the producers. I I had a rare view behind the curtain on that production because my. Uh, one my agent was one of the producers on it and, and I'd known the director Emily for years and I, I I so I had a view of of this amazing effort that it took to bring this thing together and then I mean against all the odds with COVID happening it was one of the first productions I think it was the second production back into work uh after the first pandemic and so when we got on set, I think I was so overjoyed to be working. I almost forgot how to act. I just was sort of just delighted to be around everybody. And so when in the build up to it coming out, I thought, oh, my God, I think I'm going to be shit in this really bad because I just don't think I was I was having so much fun. I wasn't even paying attention. And then I think when it came out uh, and people were very sweet and generous, I felt uh relieved <laughs> i felt like i'd re- relieved that i'd i'd obviously done some work quietly somewhere at a time that i'd forgotten that meant that it all came out okay but I, mainly i'd felt like i got away with it you know what but now pl- please explain and again i know we i think we talked quite a lot maybe not on mic but we talked a bit about burt reynolds last time yeah we did now burt reynolds icon hero for several years was the number one movie star in the you know in the world in terms of uh, box office takings and so I you know I say this with with uh, much love and respect but I think Bert would be the first to admit that he couldn't always tell what was going to be a hit and what wasn't going to be a hit and the, you know, the, the two big examples were Boogie Nights and Striptease yeah. he put all his chips on Striptease thinking this is this is there's your blockbuster and then Boogie Nights he sort of distanced himself from it and I think it, it may have cost him the, the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, now, 
going what you're on what you're saying there do you I shouldn't say suffer but can you relate to that in terms of you know if you you were you were fretting in terms of how that might that may or may not turn out and then of course it comes out and we're all clinking glasses at your at your performance it how hard is it to uh, to work out which way it's going to go it's uh, it's so hard and in fact it's totally impossible and there's a little part of you that can't resist putting your chips on this one and thinking go yeah. oh this is the one particularly if you've got a great part or a big juicy role like white house farm or whatever it was a great role and i was you know you go you put all your energy into into thinking that's going to happen and, and then of course it could it kind of it's sort of in off the post or it's off the post and out or you never quite know yeah. what's going to happen and it's so rare that you have one that is a smash into the top left hand corner and it is i think more often than not it's the one you just never see see coming uh, and you don't think anything of it you turn up you do your job you go home you move on to the next thing and then suddenly pop and it might happen a top left hand alan shearer penalty <laughs> might happen might happen once in a career or twice in a career or three times if you're really lucky. And so I, I'm trying now as I get older and feel like I should be sort of growing a sort of wizened wise goatee to be able to sort of twiddle. I feel like I sh- I'm trying to stop doing it because my, I, w- I just never guess right. I never, ever guess right. And I should just stop guessing and just get on with it. And then something happens when you're not looking. It's, if you, To use a fishing metaphor, I love fishing. I think we discussed that a while back as yeah. well. But I, I, so many times you're casting and you're casting and eventually you just give up hope. And you're like, I'm never going to catch anything. And as soon as you just think about what you're going to have for dinner, boom, and there it is. And so that, and, it, and it, it's always like that. It's like that with work as well. So, yeah. So what, what's, what, what is the key? In a dream world, would it be a case of uh, almost going zen in that, well, all right, I know sometimes you'd have the, the, the media duties, so you can't just put something in a box and forget it. But once you finish filming, is that the, have you chatted with other, you know, with older actors about this? You know, is there a, a secret formula? Yeah, I do. I remember having a long chat with Christoph Waltz when we were doing Pursuit of Love. We might have even discussed uh, Pursuit of Love, but Three Musketeers, my bad. Um, I meant we may have even discussed this before, but he said exactly that. He said, he gave me three pieces of advice. He said, one, never resent a single penny you pay in tax. <laughs> Don't resent it. Just let it go. Two, never, you'll never know when you're going to have a hit and it may come 30, 40 years later than you want it to. Make peace with that. And if it doesn't happen, make peace with it. And three, make sure you don't build castles out of clouds in your mind about what a job is going to be and how you're going to become this, you know, being in this role is going to make you this. And he said, it's all a a complete mirage. All you have is the next day's filming. And it's so true. And and all you have is the next audition. All you have is the next thing. And it's it, I, I've watched a couple of sport documentaries lately, a brilliant one on Amazon about the Australian test cricket team in their building back um, to success after Steve Smith and um, uh, Bancroft and what's yeah. job were, uh, were, were, were done for ball tampering. And Steve Smith was decimated by that. And he's such a talent. And you get these um, this amazing fly on the wall documentary about the, that test team rebuilding and him within the the, the 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 purview of the team. And he when he comes back into the room, he's so prepared. And what he Ricky Ponting says to him, I think, how why how how is it you play every ball so well? 
And he says, because I only think about the next ball. I, 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 wow. I don't think about anything beyond the next ball. And that, I think, is the trick. I think that's maturity. I think that's experience. And I think that's what, how the best actors become successful, is they just, they just play the next shot. Sport, I mean, you, I'm, the, the, the hairs on my arms are standing up there because sport is, I always think that non-sports fans are missing out because it can have such a profound impact on the soul, can't it? I mean, you just, what you just said there, I mean, that is, that's perfect life advice. I think so. I think it applies to everything. I really do. And I think it when I'm running, if I, if I just, just the next breath, the next breath, and it's suddenly the, medita- the meditative element of an art form becomes, d- emerges. As soon as you stop planning too hard about the future, the, you start to do the present way better. And it sounds, I sound like, you know, I mean, a ghastly self-help. It's like I've read it off the back of a self-help book. But I, I, I find that I do my, here's another one. And this comes from a very unlikely uh, source, but I read something that Eddie Izzard wrote about acting, and he's you know Eddie's not he's not won any Oscars, but he's an amazing artist. And he said I started to become a better actor when I stopped trying to plan what my performance was going to be, and I realised I didn't need to blow smoke up the camera, I didn't need to blow information into the camera lens, I just needed to get on with me right now, and the camera was. Boom! Right on me, and it was, and, and I was being the best I could be. So I, that is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> the older I get, is that documentary? Is it called The Test? That Aussie one? Yeah, The Test. And you'd recommend it? I mean, I could have watched it. I watched it in two sittings. I could have watched it in one, and I could have watched it again after I'd finished it. It was that good. The, the only, the, the only, the only cricket I've interesting recently. Actually, no, I watched, I watched, the, I watched Fire in Babylon. The the one about the West Indies. Yeah. And then have you seen The Edge about the England cricket team? I've heard it's brilliant. And I haven't, and I want to very, very much. I've, I've heard it's super. But again, it's, 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 it's life advice because it's, I'm not spoiling anything, you know what happened to that team, but it was, it was all about that, that era, the, you know, the successful Ashes of 05, them then becoming the number one team uh, in the world towards around 2011, 2012. But at what cost? And it's the and it's the so what was happening? The coaching staff were basically going right, work harder, train harder, and they were doing it. But at the same time, a couple of them were clearly, you know, struggling between the ears. Yeah. And so it's all you know, it's all very well pushing yourself and working and working and working. But if if members of the team or if you know you as an individual are starting to literally collapse, then it, it defeats the point of life almost, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and I always, I remember when I was a young actor in rehearsal rooms, particularly at the Old Vic, there were some of my first plays were there, and I, 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 I loved that time of my life. I was 21, I knew nothing, <laughs> and I thought I knew much more than I did. <laughs> and I, I, but I remember sitting in rehearsal rooms being shit scared of my turn to stand up and do a scene in front of all these seasoned actors. And I felt like I had to come in with the complete performance on day one of a week, four of four weeks of rehearsal. And the older actors, like I remember working with Tom Hollander and Amory Duff, they didn't have, they didn't have anything for weeks and weeks and weeks because they were discovering it day by day by day until they got to week four, the week before our tech rehearsals and opening. And there was the performance. And I was like, oh, fuck. And in the meantime, I'd become 
tired. I'd become, I'd become um, sort of frozen in a set way of doing things. And it was just masses of inexperience and trying too hard and planning too much. Um, and we, I still do it from time to time. I, I still want to feel like sometimes I just want to feel like I'm acting, <laughs> which is awful because, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I want I like I like big performances. I like actors that do daring things. And sometimes I feel like I try and <laughs> I try and do too much of that stuff. But the best stuff is when you think you just you pace yourself like a great sports person. You pace your innings, you pace your race, you pace your whatever. You know? But at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm, I, Christ, I, what, what I wouldn't give to have the talent you've got in your, you know, little toenail. Aha. Uh-huh. But you, no, but I mean, you, you say that about the the big acting, and I know that some actors. So, I, I get what you're saying. There, I, I, I saw what I rewatched recently, and it was it was a totally different film to what I remember. Was uh, there will be blood, and if, yeah. you know, you know, we're talking acting with a capital A. But I mean, the, you know, the I have abandoned my child scene. I mean, I mean, it's it absolutely. I'm, I'm nearly off the sofa. I mean, I know that you know, if you, a, a critic might say that the acting is is it's almost too big. But but those big scenes with those big performances. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? I agree. I have to say, I completely agree. And with that film, and with so many films, I mean, you look at Ollie Reed in a movie, or 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 yes. Harris in a movie. Do you know what I mean? They're Fucking O'Toole in the ruling class. He's enormous, enormous. <laughs> it doesn't stop it being truthful in a in a in a heightened way. And I think that I just love that because we don't see it that much. In the way that I love watching Joe Wright's films as a director, or Edgar Wright's films as a director, all the Wrights, the Wright brothers. <laughs> 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 I I um I just love it because it's quite expansive. It's 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 really showmanship filmmaking, but nonetheless, whether it be Oliver Re- Daniel Day Lewis in that film or Edgar Wright's movies, there there's a truth to it that comes from just a knowing that you can be big and and yet be real. Because sometimes in life we're fucking enormous, and sometimes you see people in Soho who were crazy. Like, do you remember Bernie at the Groucho Club? Old Bernie, who's not with us anymore, who I just loved. He was. Oh, I mean, he was about four foot tall, but he was this enormous character. You know? <laughs> How about and I just like, I like, if you did him in an audition, you might think you were being an idiot, but he exists. Yeah. So you, as long as you can get into the truth of those characters and take those brave risks, I love seeing those performances. And there aren't many actors who are, who are brave enough to do them. You know, I was. I'm just sorry. I'm rambling now. No, but no, I'm, no. I'm doing a TV show at the moment with Douglas Hodge. Do you know who I mean? Yes, Douglas Hodge, great actor of all mediums, but he does musicals. He does theatre. He does TV and film. And I, I, he's doing this performance in this show I'm doing called The Great that is just so big, but yet so detailed and perfect, and makes you roar with laughter. And I'm like, that's the actor I want to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Is it, tell me I'm wrong. My knee-jerk reaction there is actors are afraid to go big for fear of ridicule. Is that, is that the reason why? Because we live in a society where, so, you know, social media, let's be honest, oh, let's call it what it is, social 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Media means people can immediately go, you know, I've had friends who've had TV shows on and within five minutes, you know, this is shit, send. And you're like, you know, fucking hell. Um, is that the reason why? Are actors afraid to go big for that reason? I think so. I think a little bit. I think a little bit. I also think that theatre often is the place where people learn to be brave. And there is less of it than there was in the days of certainly of Harris and O'Toole. There's, there's less repertory theatre. There's less opportunity, uh, you know, in the, in the outskirt, not anywhere that is outside of London. Uh, and it's quite a clique getting into the world of theatre, I have to say. So um, I think those opportunities to make mistakes and be too big and get it wrong are not in a space that is safe are not as pre- prevalent as they once were. Ergo, you get on a film set and you go, sometimes you see performances where you're like, the actor doesn't know what they're doing, and so they're just doing it small. And 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 that is you know you can get away with it a bit in tv but um i think that's part of it and i do think you're encouraged to believe that you know you're on screen so you can make everything smaller and whatever and i'm like yeah i get it but not everyone is small and the camera i mean look at andrew scott in the pursuit of love he's enormous but it but it's all it's all real to this eccentric character that he's playing. Ergo, he's the one you want to watch as soon as he comes on the screen. And, and it's, uh, I, I think that's a, a great lesson for actors, as long as you're being truthful, as long as you've made bold choices and you're just in the moment, you haven't overplanned, just get in there and do it. 
you're you you can do amazing things and and you can be braver than you think i'm trying I'm, I'm also trying like who's gone big in a film recently i mean you know the, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of say Nicholson in a few good men. That's yeah. that, that must be what nearly thirty years ago. I'm guessing there's Pacino yeah. in Pacino in Heat with the uh, with a bit with Hank Azaria, and she had a great ass, you know. <laughs> um, but you don't, you, I, but, I but, think you could say you could say Heath Ledger into the Joker was quite big, but that's a huge cartoon of a character, literally. Um, it's a good question. Who are the who are the who are the <sighs> Who are the who are the big ones? I mean, I mean Gary Oldman in Leon, massive. That's a great show. <laughs> massive performance, but again, one that I could watch on repeat. You know. Also, we're, we're naming certainly my we're naming some of my favourite uh, performances, and you know these massive. But you know, I, but I get the other side of the coin that some people just accuse it of being shouty or what have you. But when it's coming from, from that place of truth. It's absolutely, you know, my heart is racing a little bit quicker just for remembering these, uh, yeah. you know. I wonder if there's some stuff on TV. I mean, T was showing me, um, oh, God, what was I seeing the other day? Uh, it was something like a, T was a show on, 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 on Netflix. Oh, do you know what I saw the other day, which I loved, is Four Lions. It's a, that brilliant satire with Riz Ahmed and Nigel Lindsay and Kevin Novak by, um, who's that? Chris Morris. Chris Morris, fantastic, and and you, Nigel Lindsay's performance in that is a big performance, yeah. and it's totally right on, totally true. It, obviously, he's seen a character somewhere and totally stolen all the mannerisms oh. and all of that, and it's just beautiful. So I, I, I'm sure it's that it's it's around. I, I just think it, there's less of it because I do think that the theatre was the place where you could experiment. And you have to play to the gallery, so you kind of have to be bigger. Uh, I think that might be. What I was thinking of say, uh, um, you know, Rylance in Jerusalem. I mean, that was that was that was big, wasn't it? That was big. He went big, he, man. He went big, and and yet he also was really small as well. I love that performance. It was amazing. Well, and then like and then like Bridge of Spies, so small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I start maybe maybe have to blank this out. I still think Stallone was robbed uh, that year with the Oscars. Do you? <laughs> Do you? I thought Stallone and Creed was, I thought that performance was so beautiful. Do you and know I, what? My sins, I've not seen it, I must confess. I love, I mean, I think, I think Michael B. Jordan, I think, I, I think he, uh, I think he's got something as well. Uh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Creed, Creed, I mean, I don't want to ruin the next, the ne- next time you've got a night off and you put Creed on, because I've recommended it, and you're actually thinking, do I ever recommend anything ever again? I, <laughs> I, 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 think that's a, I think that's a terrific movie. I'll be honest with you, my wife is out tonight, so I'm home alone with the girls. I'll put them to bed. I will put the test on. I'm, uh, I'm oh, in- mate, you're going to have hours of pleasure with that, I promise you. I, I'm so glad that you're, you're going to watch it. And let me know, please, what you think of it afterwards. Thanks very much. Now, now I've, got, I've, got to, I've got to ask... As a ch- as a child, uh, if the, if there's there's one thing I hold dear, it was the my relationship with the Beano, right? Yeah. And yeah. of course, who did when we were kids? Who did we all want to be? We all, you know, I lived vicariously through Dennis the Menace. Mm. But now, please, what what is that like? That that must be that must be a thrill. 
It really was actually, and and it, it, they were so great. The people that put it together, and and the, the I think the best of it was, yeah, of course, there was the initial. Like, it's a little bit like being James Bond. For, do you know what I mean? For, yeah, for, I do. For your child self, yeah, you're like you know, I've got the you know the the the, um, the catapult and the pea shooter and all of that stuff, and I'm doing <laughs> it. It was it was great, yeah. But I think the best of it was is I got to work with an amazing voice director who is just so good at his job and a group of actors who some of which were specialists in um in in in, in animation in, in kids animation one cool. of them particularly is an actor called raz who's he can do a bit like hank azaria in 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 um in the u.s yeah. he can just do everything and i would be sta- sitting waiting to, for my bit to speak as Raz was doing, probably playing three or four characters in the same scene. And you would have no idea. He was play a robot. He'd play a mad German professor. He'd play the bad, he'd play Walter. And then, you know, he'd play, a, you know, a, a heavy or a bodyguard. And then I'd say my thing and he'd do his again. And I just sort of, I just sort of couldn't, I, I was sort of daunted by how, what talent that is. And how he'll he'll probably not get to speak about all those things on podcasts or on TV shows or whatever, the unspoken, the, the, the actors who, who don't get praise for being as brilliant as they are. He, he, that, that was a great part of the joy of that job. No, no, I, I don't have the experience that you have, but just from watching uh, documentaries and what have you, these guys, they, they physically, I mean, they, be, they, they become different people when they're doing each voice. I mean, it's, it is mind blowing what these guys do. So you know, to, to portray the character of, of X, you know, the, their, their head is shrinking into their body, and then to portray the character of Y, you know, they, they become something else. And I'm, th- you know, Azaria is, is the the very guy I'm thinking of. I mean, these they are they're they're extraordinary, aren't they? Yeah, they can put. It's like squeezing your, themselves through an eye of a needle, just and then into the next one. Like that great footage of Robin Williams voicing the genie. Yes, and he's doing all those voices, and he go one. He becomes them, and then he becomes somebody completely else. And you're like, it's just amazing. You just want a camera in the room when you're watching people like, you know, Raz or Ryan or Catherine or you know, doing these voices, and you just think, oh. God, it's so cool! It's so cool. I'd love to, to see a TV show about uh, and you know someone like that. I mean, like the sort of toast, but 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 you know, I think with more like I don't know, mad slapstick. I don't know. It it would be like that. It must be. It must also almost be a subculture in itself as well, because those guys, I guess, all know each other because they all appear on similar shows, don't they? Is it? Yeah. Is it called, um, it's not Joe DiMaggio because he was a baseball player, but it's something like that. The guy that's Bender in Futurama. Yes. And when you go on his IMDb, yes. he's done hundreds of, of, of these roles. I mean, it's uh, it's another world, isn't it? I, I'd love to see a documentary. I expect there's been one. I should try and see if dig one out, a, a, a documentary about Mel Blanc. Oh, my gosh. You know, that him, the daddy of them all. Uh, have you seen there's him on an episode of uh, David Letterman back in the – early mid 80s and now David Letterman is my my number one all-time comedy hero I was in the audience twice I've you know I've read everything I can read about him I still watch his clips now yeah. Letterman is not a, he's not on generous form but Mel Blanc in that in that interview banging out these and you can hear the gasps from the crowd um you know genius is, is, is probably fair genius total I completely agree with you two questions one what do you think of David Letterman with the beard? 
Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm if I'm on, I mean, I, I, I mean, this is punching up and not punching down. So I think I think he can. Uh, he's, he can gonna, take it. he's not going to hear it, and if he does, I think he can take it. I miss, I miss that. This Dave now is not my Dave. My Dave is the guy that was uh, taking these wild comedic risks, and he, you know, I think David Letterman is responsible for this. Uh, you know, for not just one generation of, of a style of American comedy, but but multiple generations. You know, I, I think with that, with no Letterman. There's no Sandler. I don't think there's any Adam McKay. I don't think there's any Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, loads of the SNL guys would would go. Norm Macdonald uh, cites Letterman as a, a huge influence. I think he's responsible for so much. And I, you know, I, I mean, I could reel off so so many silly bits he used to do. There was one bit he used to do, and in the middle of the Late Show, and in the in the room, it often didn't get much. And at home, I'd be watching it and would be applauding. A waitress would come out, ask him if he was ready uh, to give his order. He would ask what the special of the day was. He would he would, he would order pancakes and coffee. So the bit is it's just the pure randomness of the bit. And then she would walk off, and he'd give in his order, and then he'd carry on with the rest of the show. And at home, I'm going, oh my god, this is a me-. and it, and the crowd, half of them are thinking, I I don't get it. So why <laughs> so miss that guy? And then I, I just feel with the Netflix show, you, you've it's it's Dave, but without all the humour. And so, um, I've. It's, I found it hard to get on board, to be honest. I know. And I have to say, the more we speak together, the two of us, the second, this joyous second opportunity, I really like, do you, do you have a TV show? Are you, do you, do you, do you do that a lot? Do you do like, like interviewing people on tele, on, t- on TV? Yeah. Like a no, chat no, got it, got in my dreams. No, I, um, I do the, I've, I've been, I've had this comedy night for, 10 years now called always be comedy and then we took it online uh pretty much as soon as lockdown started so but it was actually start of april gig number online gig number one was the start of april and there's you've got to be careful with being influenced by people but certainly uh you know because in fact you know what (laughs) funnily enough that is that that's a that is actually a, a david letterman quote david letterman said in the 70s i think it was someone asked him about who's your influence and letterman said you need to be careful with influences because in other words you you just end up copying them yeah. and uh yeah and i've definitely done that so yeah. we, but with this with these always be comedy shows you know we get, we've had people like you know john bishop and you know romish ranganathan and sarah pasco and on and on and on yeah. but uh there's definite inf- dave is always at the forefront of my mind with uh the, the bits that i do and when i'm chatting with people i love to i just love to be interviewed i think you just we'd, oh, we'd have a great time but i just would love to be interviewed by you in a kind of tv setting it would just be so much fun like i i i, I don't know if you're ever doing one please let me know i'd love oh my god mate I, christ almighty I'd, I'd crawl through broken glass to uh make it happen and get you on i mean that that would be uh do you, are, you, are you um in terms of comedy, who who have uh, who have you gravitated towards? Who have been your guys down the years? Good question. Um, my well, when I was at school, Eddie Izzard was a big one. Me and my mate Jack would sit in his room and we would just watch Eddie just being riotous and eccentric and made up and with his you know fab shoes and nails and being dry and slightly strange and often doing that lovely thing. 
which is sort of a bit like your David Letterman aside, where, you know, he'd throw a gag out and, and it just wouldn't land and he would write on the back of his hand, must be funnier, and then carry <laughs> on. And, 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 and I just loved all of that and how he would go off on a wonderful train and it would end absolutely nowhere. The audience would know it, he would know it, must be funnier. And then he'd go back onto, uh, you know, some other great, wonderful story that was on script. So I think he was one of them. Um, that's a good question. Obviously, I listen to a lot of Billy Connolly, a lot of Billy Connolly. But lately, I've been watching this fab comic. What's that? It's Amy Schumer. I've been watching quite a lot of, and this other ah oh, fab. Comedian. She does a great send up of Letterman, and it's you know what? It's it's fair. Her and Bill. Have you seen it? Her and Bill Hader do a sketch together. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, soon. Bill Bill Hader as Letterman. Yeah, because the thing with I'm after I'm after is that. One thing Dave was terrible at, and this was before all the, you know, the uh, the scandal came in, but he was terrible at interviewing, you, you know, uh, I feel, I feel embarrassed saying this, but like, you know, young, attractive actresses. Yes. Yes. He, 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 was a, he was like inappropriately, yes. Yes. not lecherous, but flirty. And, it, you know, he, he'd be like in his 50s and they're like 20. And even me as Dave Superfan will be at home going, oh, Dave, no. <laughs> Yeah. And they and so her and Bill Hader really laid into him. They <laughs> hit the nail on the head, unfortunately. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, it's it, com- comedians. I've always sort of looked up them and gone, Jesus, how in fuck's name do you do it? I mean, how do you do it? It's my idea of of, of having a heart attack, standing on stage, having to be funny. But when you see it done well, it's it's the greatest art form of all, and it, and I and you it's as close as you get, I guess, to uh, to being a, a rock star, you know, with your own song, being that one person in command of a whole crowd and making them laugh. I can't imagine there's a much better feeling. I mean, you know what it's like, but I guess it's why you just do it and do it, and you'll never stop doing it until you die. It's just it's an addictive feeling. It it, it absolutely is. It, it is uh, it is an addiction. But we had our we had our first physical live show back on Wednesday. And uh, there's Josh Whittaker and Susie Ruffle with the other acts on, and we, we all said afterwards, almost like again, almost embarrassed to admit it. We're like, oh god, we we all missed that more than we realised, didn't we? You know, yes, yes, we did. Um, now, be, now before you go, and thank you know, thank you as always for being so generous. Now, can you please, if you, if you can't talk about these, I totally understand. Higher grounds. I know that we talked about that last time, and that that's coming out later this year, isn't it? I believe. I have no idea. It might be. <laughs> I don't know. It's got uh, stuck in a backlog of post-production, which I hope it gets. I hope people get to see it because it's a funny, strange little film. But I um, I, 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 you know what? It's it's we filmed it in Serbia about two summers ago. And I couldn't tell you what where, where what's happened to it. <laughs> but that, that is that's more that's more common than any listener would realise, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there is a film, is it London Fields? With I mean, given the acrimonious uh, court case, it'll probably never come out, but there's, there is a, a film called London Fields based on the Amos novel, and that cast is insane, isn't it? John, I know Johnny Depp is in it. Yeah. But that was filmed, what, like four, five years ago? Yeah, I think and it's the same with that Terry Gilliam movie that never saw the yes. light of day, and they got cans of it. So it does have it depends. Often it's it depends on how the film is structured, the financing is structured, and if certain parties have different bits of ownership over it, and then one person doesn't want to give away the ownership, and it, it can be awful if the if the financial structure is not solid. Um, 
But I think, again, as an actor, you're so shielded from all the nasty bits of making a movie, usually. You come in, you do your bit for a month or two, and off you go. And the real heavy lifting is done by the director and the producers, you know. And and so we're very, very cosseted from, from it. And in fact, it's a big... I really think that every actor, I don't know how it would be possible. It'd be like doing your your dramatic national service but i feel like every actor should make a little short film just to know what a fucking nightmare it is making a film no matter how much fun it is it is it's addictive fun but i mean i've made one short film and i want to go on and and make many films if i if i'm given the opportunities to do it if i'm lucky enough i I'm addicted to the pain, but the pain that is the pain is real. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and each film, I remember showing the sh- a rough cut of the short, my short to Ken Branagh. Cause I'd just been directed by him on, on stage. And he said, send it to me and I'll give you notes. Uh, and so I did. And he was very, <laughs> very polite. <laughs> very nice. Uh, it was not in a good state, the film, what I sent it to him, but he said, the, what you've done is you've made a film and making a film is a miracle of any size. It is a miracle. So I think it's a, I think it's a miracle that more films don't end up like London fields or like, you know, that Terry Gilliam movie, because it's just a nightmare. They are a nightmare to get made a, a, a singular nightmare of logistics. Who's the, the, the I, I really am going off on here, but the, 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 the American guy from Pixar had made, John Carter of Mars. Yeah, yeah. And while he was making that, he realised that the, the, this traditional process of making movies makes no sense whatsoever. And he came out and said, you know, he was like trying to wave flags going, guys, guys, what are we all doing? This is madness. We should be making films this way. And then John Carter came out, was, you know, famously one of the biggest bombs in the history of, uh, you know, because it was so expensive. And so everything that he said, even though the, there's probably a lot of truth in what he was saying, Everyone just ignored it because uh, because the film didn't turn out. However, I mean, you know better than me. It, it is crazy how the how these things are made, isn't it? It, it is, and you it employs so many people. There are so many moving parts, and if one part is late or if one part doesn't arrive, or if one, the whole thing gets blown off, and then another. Ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars, or pounds, or whatever it is, it goes up in smoke. And so, I think from for, as an actor. My crucial point in the chain is knowing the words, having an idea of what I want to do, making sure that I stay in the moment on set and 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 you so they get the best to me and turn up on time and and put my clothes on neatly on a rack when they're done and go home and and be polite to everybody because if you're anything less than those things when you're working, you are fucking up a very difficult very difficult logistical process and i'm not saying uh, it almost flies in the face of what we were talking about earlier about these wonderful crazy eccentrics like harris no <laughs> alcoholics and didn't turn up for days you know uh, of course <laughs> of course I, I wouldn't want actors not to be risk takers and dangerous of course i don't but but in terms of putting it together Maybe boil it down to just turn up on time. I think maybe <laughs> just boil it all down to that. Turn up on time and 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 um, help the film, you know, have a chance at, at being at being what it could be, you know. Um, That's superb. And then and in at the edge of the world with with Charles Dance has made this. Yeah, 
is that is that is, is that out this year as well maybe no another not been made not been made yet another one that's sort of slightly i don't know i i, I think Char- charlie's got ideas of what he wants to do with it but i think it slightly fell on the covid spikes and because uh, uh, it was about to start going into production and then didn't like so many films but um that's in pre-production um i've got doing a bit another series on the great uh, and then doing another show, which I, I've, I have to be slightly wary of. There are probably assassins waiting outside to shoot me if I talk about it. Oh, mate! As as Freddie Fox Superfan, uh, that I mean, I'm, I'm I'm guessing in my mind, but that that's very very exciting. Well, do you know what? It, it's there. There are actors. There are actors in in it with far far bigger, more prominent parts than me. Unfortunately, actors who are far far better than me. And you will oh, and you must turn on for them because I think they're doing great great super work. But I do think when it when when it when 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 I am allowed to tell you what it is, I think you'll like it. It's it's got us written all over it <laughs> as. Uh, I mean, I won't don't, won't go further than that. But I, I, do watch it and do let me know what you think because I think you'll enjoy it. Good for you. Well, done. you know, from the bottom of my heart, uh, a huge well done with everything. Superb. Well, thank you. And as I say, if ever in any medium, whether it be television, radio, a a an underwater podcast in just you know in off the talky coast. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Sarah, uh, that was legally binding. Or <laughs> well, that's an underwater podcast off the talky coast I could get on board with. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds about, I tell you what, yeah, Martin was like, that sounds like, if Clive James was alive today, he would have a crack at that. <laughs> He'd be all over that. Talk about taking risks. Could you repeat that? harder to get laughs Freddie thank you so much as always oh mate thank you so much it's an absolute pleasure enjoy the afternoon take care you too bless you mate bye mate thanks Freddie huge and heartfelt thanks to Freddie Fox once again and to Sarah Uh, you heard her at the end there with the cameo thanks to Sarah for setting up so many of these uh, interviews down the years thanks everyone at Balance for all their support uh, and I guess that's it. Thanks, thanks to you most of all, the uh, the listener. Because if it wasn't for you guys, this would just be me screaming into a void. Uh, but no, the, the, the past few years have, have been enormous fun. And uh, thanks to everyone who appeared as a guest. I've got to say, every single guest was absolutely lovely. There wasn't a, there wasn't a single dud among them. Everyone turned up armed and ready for a proper chat. Uh, which is pretty remarkable across 140 plus episodes. So huge and heartfelt thanks to every single person. It doesn't matter who that was, uh, and to everyone who uh, who set up those interviews and, and helped with the podcast in any way. Uh, very very grateful. Uh, so I will say goodbye for the final time. I'm a pretty easy dude to get hold of. I think I say that actually. Somebody got in touch to say how much they enjoyed the Jonathan Saffron Foe chat and that I didn't realise that Instagram had messages and they'd sent this message about two years ago and I saw it during lockdown and was like, oh, right, thanks. I didn't know that you could message me on Instagram. So I sound easy to get hold of. I'm easy to get hold of. I'm just not always brilliant at, at replying. So I'm James Gill Comedy across the socials. I've even got a website, jamesgillcomedy.com. And there's always, always be comedy, always be comedy.com. Or I'm, I'm invariably doing something to do with always be comedy. Uh, big thanks as always. 
Um, and I hope I hope you're all I hope you're all okay. Thank you, dudes. Bye bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.